0: All bad things. Tragedies,
1: disasters. That's bad things.
0: Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Happy 2020. (laughs) I'm Rachel. I'm David. And this is All Bad Things 17, 18, 18, Fourth year of being in... Of existing? Yeah. Of existence? Well, I mean, like, this is the fourth calendar year. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly... I have honed my podcasting skills so finely.
1: It was a well-thought-out intro. It
0: was so... (laughs) It was about as well-thought-out as everything else I say.
1: (laughs) No, I've heard you on the phone talking to clients. That's that's a well-thought-out speaking. In
0: general. Yeah. Yeah, I was on the phone with two. Called out of the blue today. This is going to be a major tax season.
1: Yes, she's going to be very busy, which means get used to more of me
0: yes (laughs) and listener research whether you like it or not (laughs) abby really loves the reverse bad thing so she'll be
1: somebody has to
0: (laughs) she'll be happy oh i haven't heard from her on twitter recently abby are you okay
1: i haven't really been on twitter much recently yeah yeah i've uh I did look at some stuff last night because there came a time there was about a two-hour stretch last night at work where I literally had nothing to do. Oh. So. Downtime. You, so you naturally play on your phone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but
1: uh um, I interacted with several people last night. But other than that, in like the past couple weeks, I just haven't been on it. Yeah. I'm just like... It's kind the of the like, toxicity is just uh, too much, and it's the it's pretty bad. It's the time of year where it's like, hey, can we at least love each other? Can't we all just get along?
0: As as the Reverend Rodney King Jr. said, yes,
1: he was a reverend too, wasn't he?
0: No, I
1: thought he was later in life.
0: <laughs> okay, you're not getting the reference. It's from um, the Office. Oh, <laughs> the Reverend yes. Rodney King Jr. Yes, okay. He, he <laughs> anyway, anywho, (laughs) anywho, I don't believe he was a reverend. I could be wrong.
1: That that was a well thought out reference. But anyway, that's Uh, that's the main reason I've kind of just been off Twitter. Like when we were in Vegas the first morning Mm -hmm. we were there, I looked at it for a little bit. I was like, you know what? We're on vacation. Twitter vacay. I'm like, I'm not going to look at it the whole time I'm here. And, And I didn't. So.
0: well this is a great way for us to plug our social media yes don't look at them <laughs> you can't you can't our, our website us. don't look at that <laughs> no, definitely don't look at that uh, at all bad things pod insta Twitter Facebook all bad things pod at Gmail um I
1: think there will come a day and not too not too long from now where it will be insta Twitter Facebook it'll just it be might, one it all
0: owned I think Facebook owns Instagram right they do yeah, yeah.
1: They and, bought Instagram. Oh
0: yes, no, uh, yeah. They were not. They did not found mm-hmm. Instagram. They did yeah.
1: not find them.
0: They did not find them. They had already been founded. Yes. <laughs> um, and rate, re- review, rescribe. If you give us a one star, we'll drag <laughs> you and enjoy it. that, um,
1: that we'll put on Twitter.
0: And everything else. It's super fun. Um, We are recording this New Year's Eve Eve 2019. I was going to say the
1: same thing earlier. I swear to God. New Year's Eve Eve. Really? Yes.
0: (laughs) Or my dad's birthday Eve. Yes. My poor dad was born on New Year's Eve.
1: So nobody pays attention. Yeah. Nobody cares.
0: Either that or the entire world celebrates. You know, you can look at it both. There you go. (laughs) Just it celebrates not him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He was born the day that Fidel Castro overthrew the Cuban government.
1: Really? He did that on New Year's Eve.
0: New Year's Eve fifty eight. Okay. Oh well going into fifty nine. Sure. Yeah.
1: What an asshole.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On my dad's birthday, he overshadowed <laughs> No, my I'm dad's talking dad's about birthday. like, you know, New oh, <laughs> Year's Eve, you know, it, everybody's
1: out partying and he's like, no, we're going to.
0: Well, isn't that like the best time to stage a coup is when everyone else is looking elsewhere?
1: Well, yes, but that's when it's also a dick move.
0: Well, it's Fidel fucking Castro.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Strategically. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yes. Um, what are we drinking tonight?
1: We are drinking uh port wine.
0: Yes. I can't yes, remember f- from who
1: or where. It's Can called, I have like a sip Porto
0: of something. Yes, I am also drinking a Guinness. Um I found out recently that I it is a high possibility that I will be able to travel to the land of Guinness. Yes. Next year or this year, I guess, 2020. Um Going to the United Kingdom and overseas and outside of North America for the first time in my life at age thirty-five. No, I'm...
1: we went to the we went to the Dominican. That's outside That's of in North, North America. Well, it's outside of South America. It's not, it. it's America. not, it's not the continental. North but... It's an island.
0: <laughs> See, when you grow up in Miami, visiting anywhere in the Caribbean is kind of anticlimactic because you're basically part of the Caribbean when you're in Miami.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> you're so stuck up, you Miami people. Like see when we, we see, are when we see an ocean we don't really care because we had our own ocean.
0: <laughs> we had our own ocean. <laughs> well when this episode comes out I will be in Miami. Yes. Again. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. tell I'm so thrilled. Yeah, <laughs> no. She's
1: not going to the beach.
0: No. No, I am not. All right. Well, as I am in sunny Miami, we are covering a topic today that is anything but sunny. Do you like how I did that? Well, you'll probably appreciate it more when I reveal what it is. So this last last week, our episode was another miracle. So super fun. This one is not. Um, we have No, to our, li- to our episode
1: last week was our party showdown. Yes, Anyone you're right. It wasn't
0: so. technically a miracle, so but nobody died, so that was True. a good thing. It was not a terrible thing No, in terms of casualties. This is so. We had to get back to normal at some point. Mm. <laughs> um, but last week's episode on the Montreux de Casino hotel fire, or is it There's just mm-hmm. the Montreux de Casino fire? Either way. Okay. Anyway... That research was by Eric. Yes. Well, this topic was suggested by Eric. Oh, okay. I figured that we should give there him a go. little a repayment. Twofer. Yeah. Um, as a thank you for uh, for doing that research. Yes. Do one of his topics
1: so you know what that means eric now you have to do more research
0: <laughs> he has already told me that he's working on other oh topics, fantastic yes, yes tax
1: season's coming Eric. <laughs>
0: yes yes please anybody anybody feel free anybody
1: because these these three-day work weekends are coming are getting harder to uh, recover from <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's so cute because i'm going to be working every day for the next three and a half months
1: yes you will that'll be hard to recover from too
0: I'll go to um the United Kingdom and get over it. Yeah. <laughs> um which I'll see if maybe I can uh let our UK listeners know. Hey, I'll be at such and such pub absolutely. at this time. And we have we have several that
1: correspond with mm-hmm.
0: us. Maybe Akshay?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean the UK is only the size of New England, so that means <laughs> that means you don't have any choice to be like, Oh, that's too far. Like that doesn't exist.
0: Well that's that's what's so bizarre is like I feel like because we're in the U.S., we have a very warped sense of how far things are. Yes, we do. Because just to get to the other coast takes days of driving or Mm -hmm. hours of flying. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not a hop, skip, and a jump. Um so, yeah, I think things are going to feel very close by. Plus, they
1: have a better uh, public transit system. Yeah, and so. good trains mm-hmm.
0: and such. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, any UK listeners who want to... Um, have a pint? Have a pint, but also suggest anything that we should do. Going with my dad, possibly my sister. So, if there's anything we absolutely must do, let me know. We're planning on going all over. I want to see everything. Everywhere I want to, I want to cover. It's small. I'll cover every square mile of the United Kingdom. No, no. (laughs) Especially because it's going to be like a week or something. So no. All right. So because it is January, Mm -hmm. and in my neck of the woods there was no snow during this portion of the year. In much of the United States and into Canada and obviously other countries as in the northern hemisphere as well when it comes to January, that can mean only one thing, cold, 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 and snow, which did happen in Miami once. Yes, it did. In recent-ish memory. I
1: believe it was on my birthday.
0: Or very close to it. Yes, yeah. it was January 77. Yep um but my mom remembers it and i think she was in college at the time and she said that like i'm pretty sure i've said this already but um that like people saw it falling but there was no evidence on the ground at all because it just melted the second it hit now you who grew up in almost canada saw plenty of snow and i did in minnesota and such and so we are going to visit that region of the United States and Canada today, okay, and talk about the Great White Hurricane of 1913.
1: Wow, this seems pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not for Isn't the pe- a- not for the people who are no. going to be wrapped up in it. Isn't that a
0: metal name though? The Great White Hurricane.
1: It is a it is an 80s metal song.
0: Great White it, Hurricane? Yes. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm
1: saying it, it should be. Yes. It might well, be.
0: Or the band. There was a band. There was a band, Great White, which we covered in the first episode. <laughs> there was also
1: a band called Hurricane oh, in the yeah, 80s. There we
0: go. Plus, there was so they, a Rocky so if, Like a Hurricane. So, if they did
1: a uh, a, a tour together, it would be uh,
0: Great White Hurricane Great White Tour White Hur- 86 <laughs> <Yes>. or whatever. <laughs> this is not that joyful, though. Yeah. Between November 7th and November. Shit. I think I messed this up. November shit. <laughs> and November shit. I I said the tenth, but I think it might be the eleventh. Hold on. Yeah, I think it's I think it's actually the eleventh, technically. A massive blizzard boasting hurricane force winds tore across the Great Lakes region of the United States and Canada, dumping up to two feet of snow in mm. some areas, causing 12 shipwrecks. No shit. Destroying multiple vessels and killing an estimated 273 people.
1: Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course it would happen on the Great Lakes.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about why in just Mm -hmm. a second. So my sources for this episode were Lake Superior Magazine which had an excellent article that I got a lot of information from. I need to
1: renew my subscription.
0: (laughs) To Lake Superior (laughs) Mix. That reminds me of a one. I I probably include like three office references in every episode now at this point. But there was when Michael was buying his condo and he was asking Pam if, she changed his address on all his magazine subscriptions, including Small Businessman. <laughs> <laughs> and he tried to, oh, in American way, the <laughs> American Airlines in-flight magazine.
1: Oh, yeah. The, uh, yes. I'm not <laughs> like
0: sure if Sky they have Mall. those anymore. Yeah. <laughs> also, a website called Dusty Old Thing. I guess historical stories. Michigan State University. Okay. Cleveland.com, our favorite city ever. And for anyone who's new, (laughs) we do not hate Cleveland. We just hate the people who think we hate Cleveland and left us I actually actually
1: went there uh, about two months ago and and bonded with the the Cleveland people. There you go. Until the game was over. (laughs) Well.
0: The Detroit News, Wikipedia, Storm Shield, the EPA, Great Lakes Coastal Resilient Resilience Planning Guide, and the National Weather Service. So. Oh, and then I wrote a whole introduction. We've been talking for like 10 minutes. Go I said, it. Happy New Year, everyone! <laughs> um so this disaster was also known as the Big Blow, the Freshwater Fury. And the Great Lakes Storm of 1913, as well as just the White Hurricane, but I like the Great White Hurricane name, so that's what I'm going to call it, because it sounds like Sharknado. A little bit. <laughs> and is super metal. So there will also be some more fun names in this episode, so just you watch. So I thought a blizzard would be a good topic because of the Snow that some people are probably seeing, especially Emily. She's always seeing snow mm-hmm. in fucking South Dakota. I mean, like in October, it was snowing. She needs to get out of there. <laughs> anyway, for those in the southern hemisphere, I hope you're having a great summer. And again, those in Australia, please be safe because you're having an extra hot summer because of the fires, which is horrible. So so we have kind of covered... Jesse was just a jerk and he just was. wanted to yes. <laughs> both cats are in the room, and Jesse just decided to displace Demetrius. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's doing his straight-up cat leg thing. Anyway. Um, so we covered the Great Lakes region a bit when we did the Edmund Fitzgerald.
1: Yes, we did. That
0: was quite a while ago. That, that was, was an long early episode. Time ago. Yeah. Um, so I'm not gonna go into like excruciating detail, but I'll give kind of an overview. So the five Great Lakes are, of course, Um, not so much like little lakes, but like little oceans, more or less. They're they're pretty massive. Did you know that they contain twenty percent of all the freshwater on the planet?
1: I did not know that. Yeah, not surprising. Five
0: lakes. Can you name the five lakes?
1: Uh, well, Lake Ontario. Yes. A, Erie, Superior, Michigan. Uh, Huron.
0: Yes, exactly. And and
1: maybe it's it's been in. It's been up in the air for I don't know, 20 30 years. maybe Lake Champlain
0: Really yes but isn't that in New York like it
1: is Well so is Lake Ontario and Lake Erie. Well it, but, yeah um,
0: but it borders Canada. I thought um, Lake Champlain was like inland. It New is York. okay but,
1: and that's the that's the controversy but okay. um, geologists think it was formed by the same ice oh. uh, by the same uh, part of the ice age when it uh, oh, right. when uh-huh. it went away.
0: Is that the technical uh, Yes, term? <laughs> that is that is when the, te- the ice age went, when, away. It, when, it went away. <laughs> when, when it went away.
1: You know, like the Native Americans when we asked them to leave, they just, <laughs> oh, right. they just went away, just like the ice I age actually did.
0: Mentioned oh, that
1: dear, you. okay. But um, anyway, they think it was formed by the same glacial structure that okay. the Great Lakes were. So that's okay. the, that's the controversy. So
0: kind of part of it, but it's not all that great as far as size. No, goes. Lake
1: Champlain's pretty big,
0: but it's not as big as even like Ontario, which I think is the smallest.
1: Uh, probably it's probably not as big, big no. I don't think.
0: Yeah. So. But anywho. So they are um, between the border of the U.S. and um, Canada in North America. And from west to east, I believe, because I looked at a map, it's Superior, which is the largest, mm-hmm. hence the name, then Huron, and then kind of on the north and the east... Oh, no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. It, it It is superior than Michigan. Right. Then Huron, and then south of Huron is Erie, Eerie. and then east of Erie, slightly northeast, is Ontario.
1: Yes. Hmm. A?
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, two years ago, I couldn't even named all the Great Lakes. So I'm pretty <laughs> impressed with myself.
1: Well, you saw, like, uh, Ontario when we were in Rochester yes. a couple years ago.
0: Yes, and um is that the same lake that... Uh, Niagara's on? Uh,
1: yes. Is Ontario? Yeah. Okay. And Erie. It kind of okay. merges, merges around there.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Because Erie's the one that Lake is, on, is along Buffalo. Pennsylvania and uh, Ohio, too, right? I
1: think so. Buffalo yeah. is also on Lake Erie, oh, yes. not okay. Lake Ontario.
0: On Erie. Okay. Gotcha. So uh, the the Great Lakes border Ontario. And I didn't even, I didn't realize this. I thought it bordered multiple provinces. It's really basically just Ontario. I
1: guess I didn't know Ontario's that either. It is. Big.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of, it's kind of mid, Midwest, quote unquote, but it's a little bit more Eastern. The lakes are a little more Eastern than they are Central, as far as East to West goes. Um, and the states that it they border are Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, New York, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. And by surface area, from largest to smallest, they are superior here on Michigan, Erie, Ontario. Now, it's surface area because obviously you could also talk about depth and sure. volume, but anyway. So, in spite of how genuinely freaking cold... <laughs> The Great Lakes region is. It is. Yeah.
1: The water's always cold, too. Trust me.
0: (laughs) It has been inhabited by humans for over 10,000 years. Sure. um, Because one of the hallmarks of human civilization, especially in early human civilization, is water. Water. Do not become addictive.
1: Especially uh, glacial water like that is, because it's fresh and pure.
0: Mm hmm. Yep. Um, it's needed for good crops, for drinking water, and
1: transportation. For transportation, mm-hmm. exactly.
0: Boats have been around for a very long time. Um, and of course, as is always the story with North America, not exclusively North America, but we're pretty good at this.
1: We're just good at it. Yeah. We're, we're the best at it. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't invent it. We, no. We just perfected it.
0: And here's what we perfected. Ousting indigenous peoples. And I say ousting in big quotation marks because we did it by multiple means, many of which were violent. Um, There's nothing
1: violent about smallpox blankets.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, the, The European settlers of the 1600s were the first to start to... Uh, (laughs) The indigenous peoples of the region specifically explorers, missionaries, and the notorious French fur traders, (laughs) (laughs) from which you are descended. I am.
1: So I should be dead by now.
0: (laughs) It's so funny. You are a descendant of French fur traders. I am a descendant of a Hessian drummer. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. That's quite a combo. Yeah.
1: That sounds like an album title right there.
0: Hessian drummer.
1: Hessian drummer and, and missionary fur trader. Mercenary fur Traders. Mercenary
0: fur traders. There's a big difference between a missionary and yes, a mercenary. There is. It could have been both. Well, you never know. I guess you could argue that a missionary's been hired by God to achieve a goal. <laughs> I don't
1: that know. goal not being specifically to kill people, but <laughs> well, hey.
0: So, in the following couple centuries, the region became exploited for its natural resources, including minerals and lumber. And because the lakes are connected to the Atlantic Ocean via
1: oh, the St. Lawrence River. River,
0: yes, to the east, it has always been an incredibly important waterway for international trade and just even trade to like the East Coast trade so, period. Yeah,
1: still is today.
0: Yes. So, by the time of our story, early twentieth century, we're Post-industrial revolution, but industry is still huge, just absolutely massive um, and an absolute full swing in this Great Lakes region. So like any body of water, and now we're talking about multiple large bodies of water, the Great Lakes have a noticeable effect on weather. In the area and one of the more common terms that most of us have probably heard is the lake effect mm-hmm. right which can come from any number of large uh lakes but is especially common to hear about the great lakes i always have heard of it in the context of chicago and buffalo because mm-hmm. chicago's on lake michigan buffalo's on erie you said right um and
1: oswego's on uh lake ontario mm-hmm. and, and they get the brunt of it too
0: yeah so do you know I-, I had to look this up did you know do you know what lake effect is? It's
1: it's essentially I can I can do the broad strokes. Okay. It's essentially because the Great Lakes are so massive mm-hmm. and because of all that water they kind of have they it kind of creates its own weather fronts hmm. here and there is how I've always understood it.
0: So from what I I saw in my research you're close. So even though Thank you. <laughs> even though like if you were to dip your toe into one of the Great Lakes, it would feel freezing cold. It would feel really, really cold. Water still does hold in warmth. And more so than the surrounding atmosphere and changes uh, temperature much more slowly than the atmosphere does, right? So basically, during the summer, the Great Lakes, because they're such huge bodies of water, they're absorbing solar radiation. They're absorbing the warmth. I
1: see where we're going here. Yeah.
0: From the sun likewise in the does
1: not feel like it in the water though. no
0: well not yeah no I, I mean we're not that. talking like boiling hot or anything like that can
1: I can I say as an aside real quick my uh-huh. my uh, just jumping into the oh, lake yes, one sure. day story <laughs> so this is a long time ago I think I was 22 or 23
0: well Chad was still in college he was so, yeah. I was
1: visiting my cousin Chad who went to school at Oswego State oh
0: happy birthday Chad he just had a birthday he's about as to a, well no by the time oh. this episode comes out happy birthday <laughs>
1: um so he was he lived in a fraternity house and i'm not talking about like some house on the street this was like a
0: massive lake house it was a
1: mansion yeah it it used to belong to a governor of new york or whatever it belonged to somebody famous at some point in time. a
0: lot of historic buildings are um bequeathed to universities and then are used as frat houses or whatever it
1: was a huge house and i'm yeah, you know, mm-hmm. picture a four-story house with, like, 20 rooms, and I'm, I'm not joking. That's mm-hmm. where he lived. And it was right on the lake.
0: The L- lake Lake Ontario. Lake Ontario, okay.
1: So uh, I went there for a party one night, and, geez, what do you know? I don't remember much. But, uh <laughs>
0: Wait, when has anything bad ever happened at a frat party?
1: But I, I just, I woke up and it was probably like seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's the middle of the summer. It does get hot in New York, so it was yes, probably yes,
0: the air does. That's for sure.
1: It was probably like you know mid eighties already, and it was like eight mm. o'clock in the morning. I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm just gonna you know jump in the lake, you know, kind of r- r- refresh, <laughs> you know. So I did, and the water had to have been at best like fifty five degrees. <laughs> And I'm sure if somebody saw me get out of the water, I was walking on water, like Like the cartoon, like like the running.
0: (laughs) Your legs were a circle.
1: But I can tell you this: I was no longer hungover. I was (laughs) fucking wide awake. It
0: shocked you (laughs) out of your hangover. Yes, it did. Well, see, that's the thing too, because this is something really interesting I learned here. Was that basically what the lakes do? Is they is they can affect the weather through a giant delay, basically. So, like in the summer. Or rather more like in the transition seasons. So like the water gets really cold in the winter, right? So by the time spring is rolling around, it can keep things pretty cold. Oh, yeah. Because again, the delay. Eh? mm -hmm. But then when it's warm in the summer and it's absorbing all the sun radiation, it can sort of warm up the fall. So, you know, everything's kind of running on a slight delay as a Mm -hmm. result. And I don't mean literally, like, because the air temperature is still what it is. It's just the effect of the the temperature of the water being carried by the wind affects the atmosphere. And basically what happens in the lake effect is, so the solar radiation from the summer moving into the colder months, especially this is notorious in, like, late fall, early winter, Mm -hmm. like November-ish, um, the warm air coming off of the lake meets with these the cold air that's in the actual atmosphere, causing condensation, which leads to clouds. And because it's cold, that leads to snow. And so that's lake effect snow is it's the warmth of the lake that's causing the condensation in the cold air. So that, that's the basic of it. Um, now, where the snow falls, it varies a lot according to like the air currents and the wind so it's not uncommon to have like one area be like getting buried in snow and not far away the weather's not so bad and it's not getting snow because it's very dependent on the air currents very dependent on wind which can vary greatly so
1: yeah because that's the thing rochester is smack in the middle of buffalo and Oswego. Mm-hmm. and when there's lake effect snow, Oswego and Buffalo will get pounded,
0: and Rochester won't feel it as much.
1: We'll we'll get snow, obviously, uh-huh. but not nearly as much as Oswego mm-hmm. and Buffalo do. Mm-hmm. It's That's just kind of Probably where has we're... to do with
0: natural air mm-hmm.
1: currents. Yeah.
0: Plus, which we'll talk about later, that whole region is it caught up in the jet stream. Yes. A giant jet stream. I'm doing a fun little. She's
1: doing the weather map. Hand, which yes. you cannot see.
0: And <laughs> be on the green screen and do everything backwards. So. Yes. Getting back to wind. So a lot of us here on the east coast of the States are probably familiar with the nor'easter, right? Like you hear about that a lot in New England. So it's a wind pattern and technically a type of cyclone, but we will get back to cyclones a little later, that tend to bring frigid air to New England. And there's plenty of other common air currents in various parts of the country and obviously not just uh the states or the us or north america this happens everywhere it's just we're concentrating on north america today that brings other types of weather to different regions and one that is highly pertinent to our story is the alberta clipper Ah. Have you ever heard of the Alberta Clipper? I had not. I
1: have not okay. necessarily. It's not, it kind of sounds familiar, but
0: yeah, this because this is coming from the western part of Canada, mm-hmm. so it kind of makes sense that it wouldn't be as pertinent to where you lived or grew up. So, um, basically, uh, the Alberta. Oh wait. Oh, here we go. Hold on. I almost skipped a sentence. So to give the basic and highly oversimplified science behind these types of air movements, um, these air currents like the Alberta Clipper. So there are patterns in the atmosphere um, due to topography, meteorology. And I wrote and probably lots of other science ologies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist, people. Ologies. (laughs) That create predictable. Predictable predictable paths of air movement and the alberta clipper is one of these so it happens when warm air off the pacific ocean passes over the mountains of western canada um, and meets the cold air there then it gets caught up in the jet stream which is a current of air that moves west to east diagonally southward from the western canadian provinces to the mid-atlantic of the united states the Alberta Clipper isn't the only or even the most creatively named of these wind patterns. So here's where some more fun names come in. There's the delightful Saskatchewan Screamer. Nice. The Manitoba Mauler. And the Ontario Scario. <laughs>
1: <laughs> these are, I these love are all Canadians. These are all very Canadian names. I love
0: Canada. Oh, Canada. <laughs> And obviously they're all the, named Ontario for the scario. The <laughs> scario. <laughs> yes, I said let it never be said our friends in the great white north are unimaginative. <laughs> Someone once said in a review that editing is our friend. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, an Alberta clipper can cause a circular pattern storm, so a counterclockwise rotation In the wind pattern, so basically kind of like a slow-moving cyclone, kind of like a hurricane in its motion, although usually not as strong as a hurricane as far as winds go, but usually being the operative term here. It doesn't mean that can't happen because we're covering something called the Great White Hurricane. So... These storms are pretty common in the Midwest and are also known as November gales or November witches hmm. and can cause bad waves and a lot of precipitation, either as rain or snow, depending on the um, the temperature. In fact, it was one of these November gales that was the storm in the story of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, OK. So, I think that was November. It was like it was like mid-November of 75, I believe, was the Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, OK. Fitzgerald, so. So now back to November of 1913, and as is the case with many devastating storms, uh, there was a number of conditions that were favorable to this one turning out as bad as it did. For one thing, given that it was a cold time of year in a cold part of the country, the weather was actually relatively mild. So, for example, on November 5th, the high in Chicago was forecasted as 38 Fahrenheit, which is like three Celsius. I don't know. It's hard to... Celsius moves so much slower than Fahrenheit, and 42 uh, or 5 Celsius, roughly, on the 6th. So, I mean, we're talking cold but not freezing, right? Um, And most of the rest of the Great Lakes region was within a few degrees here or there of this. Now, as was the norm for the day, we're talking 1913, weather forecasts were printed in the newspaper, Twice a day, right? There was like the morning addiction and the evening addiction,
1: <laughs> afternoon addiction. Yeah.
0: Well, I I saw that it was more like um, eight p.m. But maybe oh really? I thought I, it was
1: like a five p.m. I'm edition. sure it
0: varied by paper. Sure. So maybe maybe so. And obviously, this is before TV and commercial radio are even a thing.
1: Oh yeah, like people well, aren't just- even listening. Just before radio. Radio is going to kick off in the next couple of years. But yeah,
0: start to. But Mm -hmm. at this point, no. No. So basically, people are only getting their weather forecasts from the paper. Mm -hmm. And we're talking again, 1913. There's no Doppler radar. There is there's literally people licking their fingers and like trying to figure out which way using weather vanes and like super old fashioned stuff. There are no computer models. There are no estimates. There are no there's
1: literally an almanac. That's yeah. that's really your only reference point. Is they they did do farmers' Almanacs for a long oh, time. Oh yes, oh yes. But they, that's that's literally your do. only yes. That's literally your only reference. Like okay, Basically. what what was it this time last year? And, and what can be ago?
0: observed like almost immediately using mm-hmm. um the paper? Yeah. So, yeah, twice a day was the best anyone could hope for. The best anyone could hope for um, as far as getting that information goes, meaning that fast-forming and or unpredictable systems could catch a lot of people off guard. And I put in parentheses, ominous foreshadowing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so on Thursday, November 6, 1913, and an Alberta Clipper started moving into the Lake Superior area. So again, this is moving from northwest to southeast as far as like the actual uh, travel pattern goes. So Superior is the most northwest of the lake. So it makes sense that that's the region it's hitting first. It was observed and forecast in the papers. I mean, even though they didn't have models and stuff back then, they knew common weather patterns in the area, and maybe even named it. I don't even know if it was called the Alberta Clipper back then, but they knew that these were common, so...
1: Sure as hell wasn't an Ontario scary.
0: <laughs> or a Manitoba <laughs> mauler. <laughs> so so the the papers forecast a brisk wind <laughs> and some rain for the northern lakes, so obviously at this point, the magnitude of what was going to happen was not known at all, and shipping business in the region pretty much just carried on as normal because I believe uh, the fifth we're talking about the sixth the sixth was a Thursday so this is still I mean transportation goes on seven days a week but this mm-hmm. was uh still just a, a normal day and I mean it's early November there's no holidays or anything so it's probably full swing not even full-blown winter yet every uh, industry is just in full bloom I guess. So as the frigid Alberta clipper began moving into the region, another much warmer system was making its way north from the Appalachian Mountains of northern Virginia up into the Great Lakes region. So on Friday, November 7th, these two systems, the cool air from the Alberta clipper, the warm air from the Appalachian system, began to collide over the Great Lakes the temperatures dropped from the more mild, like, 30s and 40s to single digits, or negative Celsius, negative something Celsius. And the forecast was accurately but understatedly updated to include the prediction of deteriorating conditions over the next 24 hours. Now, again, because of the time period, we're talking about the technology available to warn ships on the lakes about these worsening weather conditions was... Primitive,
1: at best. Yeah.
0: So I mean, they did have telegraphs.
1: <coughs> I was gonna say that this is a just thing. a this is just a year after the Titanic.
0: Yes. So uh-huh. you're right about yes, that. Yes, telegraph
1: is the main way at it, this point that ships coordinated with each other.
0: Anyway, but we're talking about a, about regional ships too. So uh, like they're true. on open ocean. Yeah, that's true. So as well. actually, one of the main ways to uh, communicate bad weather, deteriorating weather were flags and lanterns oh, okay. on land, sure. right? So they started flying uh, white triangular warning flags around ten AM on the seventh, Friday the seventh, and underneath the white red flag the white <laughs> white red flags, the white triangular flags were red flags with black squares in the middle. And what that meant was winds from the northwest. So like, you know, each of the flags had a, a message, meant sure. something, you know. So there were some problems with this though. So first, this is a really slow way to warn people. <laughs> plus, what if you're in the middle of the lake at the time, you're not necessarily gonna see it, whatever. Um, plus I also read that to an extent this warning system with the flags was semi volunt like volunteers just did it. So like people yeah, with docks I, and yeah,
1: that's not whatever.
0: Surprising. So it's not like there was a great system in place, uh, run by the government or it was, by companies. It or. was uh,
1: certain people feeling they had an obligation to do it because they probably were in the same business.
0: And have the flags. <laughs> yeah. That, that too. Yeah. So, and second, we're not just talking about like sailboats. No. There's no little speedboats or motorboats or no, we're anything. We're talking freighters. We're talking absolute giant freighters, weighed down with massive cargo. They're hauling things like iron ore mm-hmm. and lumber and shit. This it is. It's not like just they can go. Oh, weesh, let's let's go find take cover and I'll I'll get off the boat. No. Finally, this storm got really bad, really fast, and much faster than anticipated. So basically, by the time they were putting up these warning flags, 10 o'clock in the morning on the seventh, it was already too late for some of the ships. So over the next 24 hours or so, ominous and giant cumulonimbus clouds. So those are the ones that are big and puffy and live are huge columns up in the sky. I'm I'm sh- see. I was a homeschooler. I have to. <laughs> I'm guessing everyone else learned this in like sixth grade, but I we did didn't. learn the
1: clouds, but I don't remember what any of them meant or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, like cool names.
0: Clouds and stratosphere.
1: Yeah, stratosphere. There was super super thermonucleus clouds. Oh wow! Yeah, are those I think those are sto- Those are the storm clouds. Yeah, oh. uh, lightning storm. I think okay. something like that. <laughs> They're better than the esters. Uh, clouds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so they gathered. These cumulonimbus clouds gathered as the warm and cold air clashed, and this resulted in massive amounts of precipitation—snow in this case, because of the temperature—and punishing downdrafts that resulted in huge waves mm. in the lakes. So by the afternoon of the 7th, the warning flags were replaced with a specific sequence of lanterns that indicated hurricane force winds um, over 74 miles per hour were being expected. So eventually winds between 50 and 80 miles per hour were reported on Lake Superior and Lake Michigan.
1: Fucking no thanks. I mean, can Uh, you imagine? uh, No. Uh, No. No. <laughs> a, a, a blizzard that's going fifty to eighty miles an hour? Fuck that. No thanks. Yep.
0: It's basically that's why they're call they call it a Great White Hurricane because it's imagine if a blizzard and a hurricane. Yeah, it's scary. That's what this is. Because yeah. it is it's I mentioned this later. It's called an extra tropical cyclone. Tropical cyclones are hurricanes. An extra tropical cyclone is a hurricane that happens in an area that's not tropical, <laughs> which is no good. <laughs> you do not want a hurricane where a hurricane is not expected no, to be. You don't funny. want anything like this where something it is not expected to be. So, uh, uh, so on Saturday the 8th, the storm stalled and started to weaken over Lake Huron. Now, this was obviously a welcome reprieve to everyone on the lakes, but unfortunately, it opened what is known as, and I'd never heard this before, a sucker hole. <laughs> so, basically, it's a brief period of improving weather in a storm system, like, uh, kind of the calm before the storm, but more like the calm between the storms. Hmm. Um, that can happen, It apparently so much that it has its own name, the sucker hole, that suckers sailors into thinking that it's okay to continue their routes or to start off on their routes and then the weather gets and worse just, and they're stuck. That's not. So it's suckering them into uh sailing when they shouldn't, basically is the idea. So the problem is this really was only just a temporary lull in the storm. But it led many captains to continue their routes regardless of the still raised warning flags. And I imagine and there's some evidence to suggest that there was plenty of pressure from the companies as well. I mean, oh, yeah. One can only assume. <laughs> this
1: is 1913. There's, I mean, think of how little regulation there is now. Can you imagine how
0: serious, almost non
1: existent it was then?
0: Sail fast, take chances. Yeah, exactly. Basically. So,
1: and if you die, oh, well.
0: Well. Oh, so of course, what they didn't know was that a low pressure system was developing in the north. So we already have these two systems that met and created this storm then the storm that they created is starting to weaken but now another storm is moving in and this system the storm that moved in from the north collided with the weakening system on sunday november 9th resulting in the worst part of the storm so on that evening this low pressure system grew with the first storm into something of a mega storm officially known as the extra-tropical cyclone. The pressure dropped pretty badly within the system. And as we know from our hurricane episodes, low pressure equals strong force. A very strong hurricane. So the winds kicked up to sustained speeds of over 70 miles per hour. Sustained! No. And gusts about 90 miles per hour. In fact, I actually saw a source that said up to 100, but that was just one source. But still...
1: That's yeah, it's not good. That's insane.
0: Not good at all. And that's so uh, just for reference, 100 miles per hour is a category two hurricane in the middle of winter in the Midwest <laughs> and Canada
1: on the Great Lakes,
0: on the Great Lakes, in the middle of the continent in freezing weather. So <laughs> as the storm moved east into London, Ontario on November 10th. The lake effect kicked in, resulting in the white part of the white hurricane and had just dumped snow along the region. The worst effects were in our beloved Cleveland, hmm. which, which saw almost two feet of snow fall in a single 24-hour period, creating drifts, snow drifts as high as six feet tall. Here's where we get to see some of the pictures. Also, oh, keep in mind- shit. Mhm. Also keep in mind, <laughs> wow. we're talking 1913 construction. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, look at that. Mhm.
1: I love the um I love the look on this dude's face like <laughs> hmm, this guy right up here. He's just like, like hmm.
0: Well, you know, people were so much hardier back then. They were just like, "Well, this is something, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they they went through a lot more shit than people, yes, they did. people growing up nowadays do. Yes. Or even when we were growing up.
0: A lot of them, well, maybe not a lot of them. The older ones had been through the Civil War, for fuck's sake. Uh, that's
1: true. Some of them probably had. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's just like a whole side of a building like ripped apart. And they're all just like standing around like, all right, what do we do now?
0: They're all just standing <laughs> on the second <laughs> floor <laughs> yes. with a missing wall. Yes. An entire missing wall. And they're like, like "Hey I, there, like photographer." I,
1: I guess we're gonna let it melt, and then we'll replace the wall. Hmm. See,
0: all uh, none no, of them
1: are wearing jackets. It's, <laughs> like it's like the fucking. It's like the middle. Yeah, in his shirt sleeves, yeah.
0: <laughs> in his little vest. Yeah. everyone wore suits back then as well. Yeah, yeah just.
1: And they all have wooden shoes on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that late. No. Uh, that early, but. So all along the region, people were trapped indoors with down power lines. I mean, we're talking early days of electricity, but still people had electricity. Down telegraph lines. They were basically just having to sit and wait for the storm to pass. Those who witnessed the storm described it very similarly to witness accounts of a hurricane.
1: Yeah. I mean, Here Jesus.
0: is something. These are people running away as the carts the buggies that their horses mm-hmm. are carrying have been tipped over by the oh, wind. Oh, no
1: shit. And they're like,
0: fuck, it's windy. <laughs> yeah. You know how
1: heavy those fucking things must you, be? Yes. And they're just tipped like it was nothing. Like well, some, I mean, when like you're talking just...
0: 80 mile per hour winds or whatever. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Because
1: now all the horses are loose too, probably. <laughs> probably. They're, all, they're like, let's get the fuck out of here.
0: Let's <laughs> go. So now, while things were... Clearly, no fun on land. They were oh, downright no. devastating. Catastrophic. On the water. Yes, the incredibly strong winds had created waves over thirty-five feet tall. Visibility was zero, pretty much. Like oh, nobody hell, no way could see anything. No. And then couldn't water even,
1: couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. Probably. Yeah.
0: And then water would wash over the decks of the ship, and because it was so cold, It'd
1: freeze, it would
0: freeze. So it was freezing these ships. Encasing the vessels in ice. Those who managed to survive witnessed the horrific sight of other ships being like literally just engulfed by waves. Yeah.
1: And just shoved all along the and blown all over the freaking lakes. And it's, just, yeah. Yes, no it thanks.
0: was horrific. So one ship, a 472 foot long ship carrying ore. Like we're talking, this thing was fucking heavy as shit called the L.C. Waldo, was on Lake Superior during the storm. Now, here is a picture of the L.C. Waldo. This is a big ship. Oh, yeah. And it's got ore on it. It's weighed down, right? So, during this, like, just horrific, like you said, catastrophic conditions, the captain of the ship, John Duddleson, ordered everyone into the forward part of the ship. A massive wave slammed the ship into the rocks of Manitou Island and shortly thereafter the boat was split in half. Oh my God. Now his call to evacuate everyone to the forward part of the ship actually preserved out to be them. a good one. Yes, it was a good move. Um, so they survived the initial crash because of that, but they knew that their luck wouldn't hold out. They were in half a ship in the middle of a freezing, hurricane the water was lapping up onto the boat freezing and everything um they were basically waiting to freeze to death but very inventively the ship's engineer chief engineer albert lemke made a makeshift stove out of a bathtub from the captain's quarters and fire buckets i guess that's why you always need an engineer on hand right And that allowed them to survive long enough because they had been spotted. So they were actually very dramatically rescued and managed to survive, which is amazing. But they were very much the lucky ones. Uh, The Great White Hurricane, which began on November 7th, finally moved over the landmass of eastern Canada and weakened, just like any other cyclone or extra tropical cyclone. In this case, it was looking for warm water. Once it moved over the lakes, there was no more water because it was moving like northeastern. So it's still moving it into Canada and it started to dissipate. And it left the beleaguered Great Lakes region by November 11th, 1913. So this took like four days. Mm-hmm. and be- cra-
1: it's Yeah. Oh. It,
0: it's, it, yeah, it, this was not a fast moving storm. No. And it was multiple weather events, really, if you break it down. So because of the Great White Hurricane, a total of 12 ships were shipwrecked as Mm. in wrecked and sunk like these are wreckages and and these again these are not little boats these are freighters heavy cargo um for example here is the ss henry b smith that was also shipwrecked that thing is massive
1: they're even bigger today. There's like more decks today, but these these ships are so big. Yes. Like I used to, I don't see them all that often because I'm not in that part of the world that much anymore. Mm-hmm. But I remember the last time we were there a couple years ago, seeing a couple of them. Like, like wow. Growing up, I used to see these ships all the time, and you kind of take it for granted that oh, they're just that's just. And then you don't see them again for a while, and then you see one again for the first time in a long time. You're like, holy shit, that thing is fucking huge. Yeah. <laughs> How the hell is that thing on water?
0: Here's an example of what oh, the storm God. did to a dock.
1: Yeah. It's just it's nothing. It just
0: looks like a bunch of wood yeah. sitting there, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so two ships wrecked on Superior, one in Make in Michigan. We're talking about all the lakes, obviously. One in Lake Erie. And the worst casualties were in Huron, where eight ships were wrecked. Mm. None were wrecked in Ontario. Um, three ships, and, and also when these ships were wrecked. Their crew was gone. Like, there was oh, no... Oh, yeah. Very few people survived who, well, who were wrecked. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, three three ships on Lake Huron, the Isaac M. Scott, the Charles S. Price, and the Argus, each saw 28 crew members die. Mm. So, it's like, there's a bunch of people. The total estimated death toll was 273 people. And, trigger warning, some of them washed ashore later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, even with their little life jackets, it's like, yeah, you're not surviving in the Great Lakes in the middle of a snow hurricane. Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, some of the wrecks, the wreck sites in the ocean, or the ocean, in the lakes, weren't found until the 2010s. The most recent one was found in 2015. Wow, okay. Two still haven't been found to this day. I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, parts of a. Uh, I've only really been to Erie in Ontario, mm-hmm. but there are parts of the Great Lake that's fucking bottomless. Yeah. I mean, it's it looks like an ocean.
0: Yeah. Well, yes, they're basically. That's, that's why. That's yeah.
1: why you had that slip of the tongue. Like mm-hmm. you know, if you just if you just drove somebody to one that had never seen one before and like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a uh, the, Atlantic, this is the, ocean. the <laughs> Atlantic Ocean. They'd be like, okay, sure.
0: okay, Yeah. exactly. Another thirty vessels were stranded, so not wrecked oh, but I'm stranded. Sure. And the exact cost of the damage on land, because remember, we're just talking about the obviously there's plenty of infrastructure damage on land. There's really no good estimate for that cost, but the estimated cost. Well,
1: well we see what we we see how much they invested into well. construction back in the day. <laughs> like they lost five dollars.
0: <laughs> well. The estimated cost of damage to vessels and cargo was about oh. 4.8 million in those dollars, which yeah. today is the equivalent of about $123 million.
1: I'm honestly surprised it's not more.
0: Well. So because of the horrific deaths, the massive amount of damage to ships and cargo, the ship the shipping industry and its titans were largely and probably rightfully slammed in the press for insisting on continuing on, even when conditions were bad, but of course, a big part of the problem that was exposed was the weather reporting. You know, in some cases, they didn't know it was going to be get so bad.
1: I mean, even to this day, obviously, extreme weather can just come out of nowhere it, sometimes. It
0: can, it can. And so investigations were launched to figure out how such storms might be caught and reported on much sooner. The storm led to improved radio communication and weather alert systems, as well as sturdier ship construction and that's that's all i could find as far it's kind of vague but sure and that my friends is the oh. story of the great white hurricane of 1913
1: i can't fucking imagine like there's been several times i've been driving uh-huh. or been in the passenger seat <clears throat> where you're driving through a fucking blizzard like white oh yeah and it's mm. not fun because number one number one rule is you have to keep driving you can't, you can't stop because you cannot you could get stop. stranded. Well, you, for one, or somebody could just hit you because they can't see you.
0: Oh, yeah. You know. If you stop suddenly. Mm-hmm. It, no,
1: then... or if you just pull off to the side of the road. It's like, no, you just, you have to keep going. Oh, wow. And you have to hope, like, about a quarter of a mile ahead of you is another car so that you can see their mm-hmm. their tire marks. So they're like, oh, this is just this just is the road.
0: The mm-hmm. And hope that they didn't just veer off the road. Hope that they the didn't road. either. <laughs>
1: yes. But, yeah, there, there's been a couple times where it's just like, this is kind of scary. It's not fun, mm-hmm. and you're on high alert. You know, all your senses are going, and I, it's just, but known. you're just Ugh. but you're just like, all right, just just got to get through it.
0: I am not a good snow driver, and I know that because I grew up in Miami. I am a I am a decent rain driver, which is why everyone else slows down to like twenty miles per hour here, and I'm just cruising along. i like cruising along, to see what the, the whole problem cruising is. along
1: in the Ford Fiesta.
0: Yes. The only time I pass people on the highway going the well, that's, speed limit with well, its
1: 95 horsepower engine,
0: <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if that's a lot or not. It's not a lot, okay. And
1: I might not be kidding about that, I, I've never looked up the specs. <laughs> hey Siri, <laughs>
0: what is the horsepower of a 2012 Ford Fiesta S?
1: Not much. What does, it, what does it say?
0: <laughs> because you said not much, it says, "Hey Siri, what is the horsepower of a 2012 Ford Fiesta?" Ford Fiesta. ass not much. Okay, we confused Siri. It uh, it, tra- it
1: translated your "s" as an "ass."
0: Oh, S, you're right. And then it took it took your not
1: much. Ford Fiesta. Ass. Ass. Ah, oh! hey, it's devolved already. Is this We're, what
0: people are talking about when they say we should edit more?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: <laughs> it's the port. I blame the port. But no, I'm much more comfortable driving. I mean, I feel the same way driving like horribly heavy rain. I've driven pre-hurricanes, like when the wind is starting to make you drift in your lane. Yeah, I'm sure that's not fun either. It's it's a little it's a little uh tricky. <laughs> Um, long and short no one should be on the road at that point. Like that's just the way it is. But obviously nobody should have been on the ca- on the canals, on the lakes at that point either, but they just didn't know. They didn't have the modeling. Yeah, I mean, this is
1: something that you really you can't it wasn't blame avoidable. on anybody.
0: No, it really wasn't avoidable. And
1: this this time of year like you were saying there's
0: It was November. It was common for these gales to come. And there's there's so much
1: shipping that happens mm-hmm in these waterways that for the most part, there's probably just like a, a schedule just like there is with everything yeah. else. Okay. The, the iron ore shipments coming in today, mm-hmm. you know, the, the wood shipments coming in tomorrow. And, and that was just probably how it was. And
0: I imagine if you're a captain of a freighter in the early 20th century on the great lakes, you know how to deal with some shit.
1: Oh God. Yeah.
0: Just, this was a super, Yeah, this isn't, shit.
1: these aren't fucking, these aren't amateurs. No, out No, no, these are pros pros mm-hmm. and they still get, Fucked up every now and then.
0: Well, and even like Duddleson was a clear pro because yeah. he actually saved his crew. Yes.
1: He knew so. <laughs> he had the foresight to be like, uh, I think the ship's going to split in half.
0: Yeah, right. We're going to get slammed against yeah. the rocks. We need to all be in one spot. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All I can say is I'm really glad we don't live in. Although I will say we experience more hurricanes here <laughs> than Miami has experienced in recent years. Fortunately, we just get like the outer shit. It's not a yeah, big yeah. We don't DO. get much. No, and they fixed our um, power lines, so they're not. Yes, they did. Our power does not go off as much as it used to. Remember, it used to and just like in little just storms? about every time, ridiculous. Now it's much better, um and we don't live like we get little ice storms, but they're only effective here because we don't have the proper equipment to to deal with it they brine the roads and such there isn't
1: there is not an abundance of it but even even when we get that kind of stuff two days later it's gone yeah so
0: it's so so
1: weather, weather wise we kind of live in a
0: we luck out a lot hot summers that's my biggest complaint sure but um
1: those kill people too yes they do but not like not like blizzards or hurricanes or you know these
0: extreme weather or for fuck's sake a great white hurricane a blizzard cane a
1: blizzard cane Yes. Or
0: Hurazard. <laughs> should we go now?
1: We should probably. Okay.
0: Should. <laughs> so, welcome to uh, All Bad... Th- it took me a while to remember her name. All Bad Things 2020. This is our fourth year that we've been start. in. Yes. We're off to our usual... <laughs> you know, uh, I meant to tell you, a, a listener... Recently, so I I shared one of our bad reviews, and a listener, a a good loyal listener, very sweetly was like, Yeah, like private message me. I was like, Yeah, that person's you know, ridiculous. They're like, If you want constructive criticism, you know, like you could get a better mic, or there's some things you could do to be more professional, but I think you guys are great. I was like, That's really sweet. We have no delusions, yeah, (laughs) we're not totally professional. We're cool. The only professional thing fun.
1: we may or may not do, hopefully it happens this year, is is soundproofing our spare room.
0: Yes, we're hoping to get a, a decent recording studio at some point. Not just for recording, but for your drum playing, too. Yes. It's the only way we can really figure out to drum in a townhouse is <laughs> shared walls. Yes is soundproofing, yes. And also I can claim that I do taxes very professionally. Yes. And this is why I drink.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Especially this time of year.
0: But not while doing taxes, just for the record.
1: Just while doing podcasts.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I'm a professional tax preparer, not a professional podcaster, so. Alright, wrap this up.
1: Okay. Please. <laughs> I realized are, are how you, bossy that are was. you are you begging me or are you asking me?
0: Let me finish this first. Yeah, so you're begging.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, that was our 131st episode of All Bad Things, where we covered the Great White Hurricane of 1913. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We will see you next week.